Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I remind you this is the best version of the guy we need. Welcome in once again here on a Monday to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Yes, I know that my background is not what you would have expected. As I mentioned last week when we started the show, I am on the road traveling. Uh, we are heading out on family vacation, going to visit my parents in Florida. So uh, we have stopped at a hotel. We'll be there later on today. And uh, you're going to get a weird background here for me for this week and this week alone. And we'll be back into my home studio next week. So I appreciate you guys bearing with me. A lot to get to today. Very excited to be with you guys. First segment of this show today brought to you by our good friends on betonline.net. After months of playing college basketball, we're going to crown a national champion tonight. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcast reviews for all the leagues this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering needs and information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, speaking of the game starting, let's start with the Atlanta Hawks because a huge game for the Hawks and Trey Young on Saturday night as the Hawks defeat the Nets in rather impressive fashion. And what we're starting to see from Trey Young more than anything is like playoff Trey is back, right? Over the course of the last couple of weeks, we've seen playoff Trey is back and it is awesome to watch. Trey elevates. Now, I am somebody who's covered this team all year long. And this is, this is now the second time that John Collins has been out, right? He got injured in early February. Then he came back for a couple of games. And then he was injured again. And when he went out in early February, you noticed this offense was different. And the only way that I knew that the Hawks were going to be able to win a game was Trey going off for like 35 or more. That was the only way this Hawks offense was going to be able to be anything resembling what it was with John Collins in the lineup. And then something sort of happened during this second injury. I don't know if Trey decided that he said, look, I've had enough of this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm just going to take over everything and, and, and go ahead and elevate because that's what he's done. Um, this offense now, over the course of the last four or five games, especially without John Collins, looks completely different. Trey knows he can carry these guys, right? And beating the Nets on Saturday night was super important. Like, it was one of those wins that you needed to have for confidence sake, for like, hey, we're not scared of you sake. Uh, look, for all intents and purposes, the Nets, despite what their record is and everything else, man for man, that's a scary team to play. When it's the best player in the world, maybe second best player in the world in Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, one of the best shooters, one of the best pure scorers, one of the best ball handlers, and everything that they bring, especially what they did after the trade deadline, uh, it's still scary. I know that their record doesn't say that they're scary, and I know that they've had you know a whole bunch of issues this year, but still, that's a whole lot of talent you don't want to go toe-to-toe against in a playoff series, especially in a one-game playoff series in the play-in tournament. But beating the Nets was very, very important, and – I think for the, the the Hawks, it was one of those wins where Trey turned around. And you could see it in his face at the end of the game. It's like, don't come at me, bro. Like, you know, this is mine. This is this is my time. This is my area. And I know he's not scared of Kevin Durant. I know he's not scared of Kyrie Irving. Trey is a super confident player. But he just needed to know. And everybody, he needed to show everybody that, guess what? 
I'm going to put this team on my back and we're going to go contend with the best in the East. Now, on Friday, when we talked, I told you about the expectations for the Hawks and how, you know, getting out of the play and winning a first round series doesn't matter. It's still like something they need to do after getting to the Eastern Conference Finals for you to feel any semblance of measure of success of this season. And so, you know, they're going to have to probably face this Nets team again, if not in the playing game at some point in the NBA playoffs, you'd think, right? Like they, they'll probably come across their path at some point in time. But, you know, as I said, beating the Nets was important. Now, giving up 55 to Kevin Durant, that's bad. That's actually, like, very bad because defensively you have to figure out a way to stop them. And the only way they overcame a 55-point night from Kevin Durant was because they got a complete effort from everybody else on the floor, right? It wasn't just Trey. They, they, they were able to get other guys involved, and they were able to make sure that, you know, there, were, there was a full complement of players there. I don't know if you're going to get that every single night, especially if you're going to give up 35, 40, 45, 50, 55 points to Kevin Durant in a given game. So that is like one of those things you can't do. But getting that win had to feel really good for Nate McMillan and company. Now, the Raptors game tonight going to be a whole different set of circumstances. This is a different challenge, right? And it's so important for them to be able to win this game because this is a defense first team right now. The Raptors over the last 10 games are only allowing 103 points per game. Hawks are scoring 117. Something's got to give. Either the Hawks are going to overpower them or the, the Raptors are going to be able to shut them down. Uh, and, and what this sets up for, and this is going to be very telling, how the Hawks perform against and how Trey performs against the Toronto Raptors. Because what the Hawks are most likely going to see in the first round, as it stands now, Miami is currently the one seed. Boston is currently the two seed. Milwaukee took a bad loss to Dallas, and they've slipped down to three, and who knows what happens. But if it's Miami or Boston that they see in the first round, two more defensive-minded teams. And it's so important for Trey to be able to face the Raptors tonight, beat them, and know that he can overcome. Uh, and I would challenge that even Miami and Boston's defense are distinguishably better than Toronto. So this is a real tough test for them tonight. And it's a real tough test for them, you know, once they – and this is, again, assuming they get out of the play-in. Because, again, they may end up playing Brooklyn in the play-in game again. And that is, you know, I have confidence, but I don't want to have to go back to that well to beat that dude twice, to beat that team twice. Like, that is not an easy ask for them. Uh, but when you get playoff tray, which is what the Hawks have right now, uh, when you get playoff tray – you know, he's got that swag. Remember that series at Madison Square Garden? He had that look in his face. You know, he's got that little sort of like half smile coming out of the side of his mouth and he knows he's like really got it going. He's turned it on and, and no one's slowing him down. That playoff tray, that tray is the guy that can help carry this team and elevate this team. Now, John Collins may come back and part of me is like, uh, I don't know if I want him actually back, right? Because <laughs> things are going so well offensively right now without him. I know they need his defense, and they certainly need his rebounding. And it's interesting to see how well this thing has developed without him. But still, you know, the idea that uh, uh, that John Collins not being back makes the Hawks better is a little bit perplexing, to say the least. So uh, playoff trade back right now. Let's see what happens tonight against Toronto. Going to be a very, very interesting matchup. I am excited. Or I should not say – I keep saying tonight. I forget. It's Monday night. There are no games on Tuesday night. So Hawks have a little bit more rest. I apologize. Uh, getting my because I'm traveling, my calendar is all jacked up. But regardless, when they play Toronto, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out. And uh, uh, the Hawks are getting hot at the right time. They really, really are. Uh, and this is a team right now that I think a lot of people, a lot, a lot of 
pundits are looking at the corner of their eye going, I don't know if we want to play the Hawks right now. And that's a comfortable feeling for this team because I think that's where they really like to be. I think that's where Trey likes to be. Trey likes to kind of be underestimated and undervalued and underappreciated uh, so he can step up to the moment and have his biggest and best games. All right, coming up next, the Atlanta Brave with the absolute most pressure on him in 2022. I'll tell you who that is. Coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, available for free on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Just search for Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, segment number two here on this Monday, as we are in week number two, show number two of this voyage here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Thank you guys so much for making A to Z and Locked On Sports Atlanta part of your everyday routine. Can't tell you how excited we are to be doing this venture here and how much fun this is going to be. And I hope you guys will follow me on social media at Mark Zeno on Twitter and interact. Tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like. I, I want to hear from you guys out there. So please uh, take part in this whole venture with us. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun here. Uh, coming up for the end of the show, next segment, we got the Masters to Preview National Championship coming up tonight. Uh, we'll even look at uh, some of the uh, Falcons moves as they've made and, and what the laughing stock of the league is right now. Uh, in the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll do that before the end of the show in the next segment. This segment brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You know, this is the time of year where uh, people have already lost their New Year's resolutions, but Built Bar can help you guys with that because it's a great way to eat healthy, eat right with a lot of flavor. Um, and Built Bars are the only people with puffs. You know what puffs are? They are protein-infused marshmallows, fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And every built bar covered in 100% chocolate puffs are a fan favorite. Some incredible flavors that they have cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. They are going to be your new favorite. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with built bars. They're better. And they are just absolutely one of the best tasting bars out there. And you can go to their website, built.com, and scroll down the macro chart. If you're into that sort of thing and you count your macros, you're going to be blown away by the nutritional content of these things. 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, come in so many flavors, as I mentioned, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Delicious, guys. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it delicious, then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how they pull it off every time. But go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Built dot com and the promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built bar all right atlanta braves getting set to uh, start their season on thursday and when you look at the atlanta braves uh this team on paper and, and some people contend this and i i believe it as well may be better or as good if not better than the team that won the world series last year but there is one Brave that everything will hinge on from where I sit. There is one Brave that has the most pressure of them to perform and play to the back of the baseball card than any other Brave in this lineup. And that's Marcelo Zuna. Remember, the Braves won a World Series last year without him. I mean, they also won a World Series without Ronald Acuna, which is impressive in and of itself. Uh, and Acuna will be back at some point this year. We're not 100% sure when. Um, so they're going to have to do something to bridge that gap. But Ozuna is the guy that truly can replace Freddie Freeman's production, especially his power production, home runs, RBIs. This is the guy that right now, 
tentatively set in the four hole uh, that will have to perform in order for this team to be a semblance of what it was offensively, not only last year, but the year before when their offense was like top notch for the entire season. And, and I've said repeatedly, you know, lineups in Major League Baseball aren't built from the top down anymore. They're built from the middle out. Um, you know, it, you, you stack the middle of your lineup and you make the, the first three, you know, guys that you have to get out. And the bottom three are guys that you don't want to get out or you can't not get out, you know, at the bottom of the line because they're easy to get out because the, the three guys in the middle are the ones that really generate uh, everything and make guys better, right? Uh, the, the bottom three guys benefit from those middle three guys getting on base and the top three guys benefit because I don't want to put those guys on base to face the middle three. They, when you build lineups from the middle out, that's what I'm talking about. And right now, the tentative lineup for the Braves, you know, look like until Acuna comes back, Rosario is going to lead off. Ozzy Albies at second, uh, batting second, Matt Olson third. You get Austin Riley at fourth and Marcelo Zuna fifth and Adam Duvall sixth. Then Swanson, Darno, and whatever the DH situation is going to be, whether it's Dickerson, Haredi, or even, even Contreras, who looks like he's going to make this team, um, some variety of those guys in a rotational basis, depending on who's starting and everything else. But Ozuna right there smack in the middle of the lineup with Riley. You know, this is a spot here where he can make the rest of this lineup so much better. If he's a guy that is going to hit the ball out of the ballpark, and he's a guy that is going to be able to help this offense, they're not going to miss Freddie Freeman's production. They're going to miss Freddie, per se, the guy and the clubhouse leader, but they're not going to miss his production. And I think that's the biggest thing. And as this season starts, I think it's so pivotal for the Braves to start hot, right, and bridge the gap until Acuna gets back. Here's the thing. Objectively, they have enough power and enough ability to score runs in this lineup, and they have stacked this bullpen to make this thing a six-inning game. They don't even need elite starting pitching at this point in time. They just need above average starting pitching, and it should be enough. Shorten the game, get it to six innings, make Snitker's job very, very easy on a night-in, night-out basis. And this is not a team that I expect to stumble at the beginning of this season. Like, to me, there is no reason they should stumble the way they did last year. It shouldn't take them to Memorial Day to get back in first place in the NL East. I want this team to come out hot, and I expect them to come out. They have too much talent, too much power, too much bullpen for them to be stuck anywhere, you know, mired around 500 or below for the first month and a half of, of the season. Now, if they do, again, you don't panic because veteran teams and season teams and championship caliber teams are, are, are ones that, you know, know how to weather the storm of just average baseball or bad baseball for a couple of weeks because it's a long long season. But, you know, Marcelo Zuna is the guy. And it's not that Alex Anthopoulos needs any validating per se, but, you know, if this goes south from here and this turns bad and Ozuna doesn't produce, you know, this will be a guy that you'll look at objectively and go, okay, well, this is one of the ones that that he missed on. And like he hit on it for a year. And then when they re-signed him, it's, it, it was a miss. Uh, he's got a sort of, uh, you know, validate the move this year because if he can be the guy that makes us forget about Freddie Freeman's production then you know everything's fine and there's no reason to question Alex Anthopoulos right because we know that he is a guy that clearly has made all the right moves to this point you don't question double a there's no reason to question double a but if you would like to be a team that 
proves that last year wasn't a fluke, that proves that that you have a championship window that's open, that is staying open for an extended period of time, then this is what has to happen at the beginning of this year. They have to kind of remind you of, and I know it'll make you vomit, but it's just the first example that came to my head, but remind you of like those Yankees teams from the late 90s where every year they just sprinted out to a lead and everybody was playing catch up, right? And you just knew like the Braves only goal every year right now should be just make the playoffs. Like you want to elevate to the point where that's where they are, that their championship window is open. And if they make the playoffs, they're automatically a threat to win the whole entire thing just because they're there. And I truly believe that that's where this franchise is headed. Um, and that's the window that they have open right now is in just getting to the playoffs because they're going to be a dangerous team every single October. That's where I think this team is, but they got to start out hot. I don't want to see them struggle at the beginning of this year. You know, again, they don't have to be in first from wire to wire, but, you know, stay above 500 the whole way. Just pace until you can get your legs under you. It was a truncated spring training for everybody. So things are going to be a little bit, you know, different. That said, uh, let's see where this whole thing starts. But I am excited for opening day and Braves baseball and a banner to be raised right there at Truist Park. All right, coming up next, preview of the national championship. we got some Falcons news to get to and even some Masters picks for you. Final segment of A to Z coming up next right here on Locked On Sports, free on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Just search for Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is A to Z. I am Mark Zeno. Appreciate you guys starting your week with Locked On Sports Atlanta. Again, free wherever you get your podcasts, uh, free on YouTube. Just search for Locked On Sports Atlanta. And of course, A to Z is back. And I'm so excited to be with you guys. And I'm glad you guys are joining me here once again. Going to be a lot of fun to be back on the airwaves with you guys. And I'm glad that you're making Locked On Sports part of your daily regimen here for Atlanta Sports, covering everything. We have so many great shows on the network here, and so many of my friends are part of this endeavor, which I'm really, really excited about. So going to be tons of fun here going forward. Uh, There is a bunch of stuff to get to. And again, don't forget to search Locked On Sports wherever you get your podcast. Bunch of kind of odds and ends here as we wrap things up here on this Monday. Um, But I did want to start with the national championship tonight between Duke and I'm sorry, Woo, Freudian slip between UNC and Kansas. And oh, by the way, how fitting is it that uh, if Coach K's career wasn't going to end at the national title, that it ends on him losing to his rival? Um, it was it was a fantastic game on Saturday night in the national semifinals or one of the semifinals between Duke and UNC. A lot of fun to watch that game. Uh, so it is two powerhouse programs, UNC and Kansas. And let's get this out of the way, by the way. I know that there's a little number eight next to North Carolina, meaning that they were an eight seed, but Uh, North Carolina is never a Cinderella. Don't ever use the term Cinderella next to North Carolina. They have multiple banners hanging in their gym, uh, in their arena where they play from national championships. They are never, ever, ever Cinderella. So please don't say Cinderella next to North Carolina. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, glad that that's all done. Kind of preview of the national championship game here uh, and a quick little handicap. You know, one of the plays that I have tonight on the national championship national championship is Kansas minus two and a half in the first half. Uh, and, and this is based off of a lot of people, a lot of North Carolina fans in particular, their Super Bowl was Saturday night. Their national championship was Saturday night. I've talked to a couple of Carolina fans who have basically said, I don't care what happens Monday. Saturday was everything. They spent so much emotional energy in that game against Duke. They spent so much, uh, you know, capital uh, in in 
just, you know, exhaustion and everything else and a short turnaround, you know, like that. They, they, everybody in UNC knew what that game meant to, to both of those schools. So this is a team that's going to come out with a little bit of sluggish legs, uh, probably a little bit emotionally tired. Again, it's a quick turnaround. Now, four to five days they had to rest for the national championship or the final four to begin, rather. They played Saturday, in a Saturday night, rather, in a huge, huge event uh, that, as I said, it, it took sucked all emotional energy out of the way. And so tonight I expect them to come out a little bit slow. I expect them to come out a little bit tired. I expect shots not to be falling early on. It's going to take them a little while to get their legs underneath them. Kansas minus two and a half just based off of that. Kansas did not have to expend the emotional energy that UNC did against Villanova. They sort of led wire to wire. They never were really threatened in the game at any point in time. So they can come into this thing a little bit more relaxed. Um, and if Agbaji, again, is is the key to their offense, you know, if he is hitting shots the way he was against Villanova, Kansas minus two and a half in the first half. That said, I also am going to play North Carolina plus the four and a half in the game because I don't believe that you're going to be able to keep North Carolina at bay for a full 40 minutes. They'll get back into this thing. And with it only being two and a half, again, they could be down four or five at half and still be completely in the game and not feel out of it. So um, I look to those two spots right there as far as the way I'm going to handicap and play the national championship tonight. Uh, should be a fun game. If you're worried about the total, I think it's set at 153 last I checked. It's over or pass. There's no way I'm going to even try to sweat out an under in this game. It's not even worth it. Uh, there is absolutely no reason to sweat out an under in this game. Either take the over and, and just pray they pay, play fast and score a ton of points, which they probably should, uh, or you you just kind of uh, uh, pass on the total and, and watch the game and enjoy it. So quick handicap there of the national championship. Uh, we're going to dive into the Masters later on in the week, but I will give you one name that I have put my wager on that is better than an 18-1 to long shot, and that's Xander Schauffele at 20-1. to uh, I think that Xander is a guy that, you know, is consistently in the top 10 uh, moving into Saturday and Sunday, right? He's a, he, he, he certainly has the length uh, to hit at this course. He knows it well. Uh, he's got the short game. I like where he is. And he's a guy that's always floating around the top of these things on Saturday and Sunday. Let's see if he can put it together four days straight. But at 20 to 1, I think he'd get great value on Xander Schauffele uh, as a guy I am always rooting for Brooks Kepka, and I'm always rooting for Jordan Spieth. Those are my two favorite golfers. So those are the guys that I'm always rooting for. Uh, I haven't put wagers on them, although Brooks at, at 12 to 1, and I'm uh, sorry, Spieth at 12 to 1, and Brooks at 18 to 1 aren't bad value bets either. Um, but again, those to me are always too emotional. So I'm going to look at Shoffley, Xander Shoffley, as a guy that I'm going to uh, put my money on. One more note here uh, that we'll finish up with uh, the Falcons added Demir Bird. Uh, to their wide receiver room. And uh, it's a one-year deal. Uh, I played with the Bears last season. He's been with the Patriots before. Um, the Falcons wide receiver room continues to be sort of like a laughingstock and the butt of a joke here for uh, pundits across national TV. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not – Marcus Mariota should be uh, one of the quarterbacks this year who leads the league in rushing as far as quarterback rushing is concerned. Like he, if, if I'm Marcus Mariota, I'm just sitting there going, I'm going to be Lamar Jackson. I'm just going to take off whenever I can. I'm just going to make teams worry about that because that's the only way that guys are going to be able to get open. These aren't going to be guys that are going to separate. If you're, you're going to have to ask these, these DBs that you're playing against to cover four and five seconds because you're running around like crazy and they have no idea where the ball is going to go. Um, and, and 
the Falcons have to acknowledge that they're in a rebuild. And I said that on Friday. Uh, and they have to acknowledge that they don't have the room on the salary cap right now to go ahead and add anybody. And, you know, uh, they have to go out and draft guys that can make an impact now in any size, way, shape, or form. And I was talking about this with a friend um, in reference to, you know, I think this this draft really hinges on the Panthers at six and the Falcons at eight. Also the Texans at three, because those are the quarterback teams right there. Um, and, and and if those three pass on quarterbacks and, and the Falcons can be very ad- advantageous at eight because if the Texans pass on a quarterback and the Panthers pass on a quarterback, somebody may pick up a phone and call Atlanta and go, that's where I want to go. Um, and I know Seattle is now at nine. They're, they also could use a quarterback, but it's one of those things where um, there may be a team that wants to go look at drafting their quarterback in the future. And if Malik Willis is sitting there at eight, uh, and the Falcons don't feel like going down that that path, somebody else may and may call them and pick up a phone. And at this point, if I'm the Falcons, draft capital is more important to me. I have been, you know, all in favor of them getting their, their quarterback in the future for a year or two now. Um, and I'm not even going to go against this class because I know one of these quarterbacks in this class is going to be a stud. It just kind of happens every year that there's a quarterback that's a like legitimate guy who's going to, you know, be a franchise quarterback and start in the center for one team for a decade or at least have the ability to do that so uh one of these guys is going to be it. it's just a question of finding the right one and it's not as easy this year because none of these guys are all really that highly touted but as the falcons go through this process uh and we start to focus on the draft how they play this draft is going to be super critical for terry fontenot and arthur smith um it's really one of those things where it could hinge on the direction and how quickly they can get out of the rebuild and back into a team that is in contention. So, all right, that'll wrap things up here for A to Z on this Monday. Again, follow me on social at Mark Zeno on Twitter and on Instagram. Interact with me about the show. Tell me what you love about A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're free wherever you can get your podcast. Just search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Of course, watch us here on YouTube uh, and interact. Give me comments. Leave comments down below if you're you're acting on YouTube. Tell me what you like and what you don't like. And uh, if you don't like me, you can keep that to yourself. But if you do like me, yeah, leave those comments too. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with another big show. We're going to start integrating some guests. You'll look at my strange background at my parents' house in Florida uh, all week long instead of this crazy hotel that we're in. So uh, stay with us here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta. You guys have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you.